Hello there, you're listening to You're the Shift, a podcast by Flora Fauna Healing, and my name is Kayla. This podcast centers around soul work and inner work. I am a professional intuitive, a tarot card reader, a Holy Fire 2 Reiki master, artist, and astrologer. I use my spiritual gifts and personal experience to delve into inner work to be able to bring you thought-provoking material based on guidance from my spirit guides. To further this work, I create content geared around personal self-reflection, which you can find on my Patreon, www.patreon.com slash healing. Patreon is a subscription service allowing for monthly content to be followed, and for me, features healing tools, writing prompts, and inner work for you. If you'd like to take this even deeper, I offer a mentorship in my practice. In mentorship, we delve around working at your healing to look into patterns and ways you may be holding yourself back. We get into the nitty-gritty together in a safe space and dive as deep as is comfortable for you. I use every skill set I have during these sessions so nothing is off-limits based on your needs. Locally, I am running meditation nights once a month on Fridays. These meditations feature Holy Fire 2 Reiki energy and are healing on a variety of levels, different each and every time. You can book me for a tarot reading session in person, over the phone, or over Zoom. You can book me for Reiki as well in person or at a distance. And you can book mentorship in person or at a distance as well. You can find more information on these services over at my website, www.florifaunahealing.org. Lastly, I'm an intuitive astrologer, and I use my abilities to dive into your natal chart. This often brings me a lot of insight as to what you're here to learn and how you can go about it, where your barriers might be, and what you're really here for. This can really be enlightening and shed a lot of insight on where you may be struggling and how best to dive into that work. Okay guys, time to get nice and cozy, wrap yourself up in a nice blanket, and grab your favorite beverage. It's time to unpack. Hey guys, welcome back to You're the Shift with Flora Fauna Healing. So this month, the guidance that I received was that I am being asked to work with you guys on authenticity. This is something that I've struggled with quite a bit as well. I mean, obviously, growing up with autism and growing up with ADHD, again, autism, undiagnosed, I'm self-diagnosing, come at me. Anyway, so obviously growing up with those things, growing up neurodivergent, you have to mask a lot. You are not in a society that fits you. So authenticity has been a big struggle for me, both as an artist, as a psychic, as an intuitive, as a human being, as an employee. There have been so many areas in my life where I have struggled with authenticity. And so that was the guidance that I received as far as doing Patreon this month and You're the Shift was to talk about authenticity. You are here in your life to be yourself. And often we get put with people in our lives to challenge us. And those people ask us not to be ourselves. And I don't think that other people are necessarily aware that it's something that they're doing, but it is. See, especially generationally speaking, like my parents, for example, are from a vastly different generational upbringing than than I am. My parents' parents were older, like much older when they had children. And so there was a lot of beliefs that stemmed way far back. You also look at generational trauma when we talk about this kind of stuff, because those patterns, like you can't be too much. You can't say these things because you're a woman. You have to behave this way because you're a man. Those things are passed down to us. And so what happens is something that in Holy Fire 3, I'm a Holy Fire 2 master, but something that William Rand pegged really well, talking about the culturally created self. Now, what the culturally created self is, is that version of yourself with all of those roadblocks and all of those limitations. 
And what that does is it actively separates you from connection. And I know you're thinking like, oh, well, you know, I, I have that in place to connect to other people. You know, I can't see these things. I can't be too much. I can't use my voice. I can't be myself because other people don't like that. So for me to connect, I need to do that. No, you're with the wrong people. I know that sucks, but it's the truth. You are your own person and you are not for everybody. And that's exactly why it's so fucking great that you are you. Because you can't be for everybody. That just wouldn't work. No one is for everybody. There are going to be people that straight up do not reverberate or resonate with what you say. They're going to think you're too much, etc, etc, etc. Not enough, even. It doesn't matter. The only person whose opinion matters is yours. Even that of your loved ones, it matters. Sure, but it doesn't matter more than your own. So when we look at authenticity, what I wanted to look at mainly this month is the way that we may separate ourselves from ourselves due to all of the things that we have been through. And it's a big piece to look at. I know personally, I grew up with ADHD, right? My emotions were too loud. I was very loud with other children and very well behaved around adults because I had clear boundaries on how to act around adults, which I did not receive from children. Children didn't tell me what their boundaries were. They just were not taught to communicate, so they just wouldn't hang out with me. Or they wouldn't tell me what I could do better. Where adults would straight up, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. And so I always felt out of place with people my own age. And I really do think that messed up my authenticity because no one was telling me that these were their boundaries. No one was telling me, hey, I love you, but if you could just like cool it for a couple of minutes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and even then, I'm not saying that you should listen to people when they're telling you you're too much because that definitely is what I felt. I think that I needed to find the right people for me and I needed to learn how to express myself within myself and know what societal settings were appropriate. And so this comes down to the culturally created self, especially when you're being raised by a bunch of different generations and generational impact. So you grow up especially before you're five, and you develop all these ideas of who you need to be, of who you are, and things like shame, all of those kinds of barriers, they start before that age. Your core values are developed before you're five. And your core values are how you live your life. They're the beliefs that you hold. So if you think that you were always told that you were too much as a child, well, then you're going to believe you're too much as an adult, no matter how much somebody tells you otherwise. And these barriers can really get in the way of authenticity because you're not too much to some people. You might be too much to some people, but too, too fucking bad for them. You know, it's not your job to dilute yourself for the comfort of another person. Like, yes, boundaries, etc., etc. That's all fine. As long as you feel okay with those and there's something that you are able to handle, you're not being controlled by those boundaries. Like, my partner may tell me, hey, I have a headache, don't be super loud. She's not telling me not to be too much. She's telling me, hey, I have a headache, could you accommodate me for this small period of time? That's very different than you speak too loudly all the time. Stop. Completely change your voice. Change your mannerisms to make me comfortable. No. Mm -mm. There's a difference. There's a difference between boundaries that are healthy and boundaries that are unhealthy. Or boundaries that aren't even really boundaries, they're more control. And so I grew up being very controlled by the school system. For example, this is a little bit more difficult for me to talk about, but you know, I know you guys are here for that. So 
for me, I know growing up, it was very difficult for me in class. I have to fidget to pay attention. It helps me take in the information and regulate it because I do get so distracted by other things. And it's just overwhelming. Like there can be a color on the wall and that's overwhelming to me and I won't retain what someone is saying because my senses sort of all work together as opposed to being one separated from the other. I sort of experience all of my senses very intermingled. So let's say if there is a fabric touching my leg that I don't like, I'm gonna have a really hard time listening to you because my body is screaming at that point and it's like that is louder than what you are saying and I can't turn the volume down on what's happening with my leg to be able to retain what you are telling me and so the school system was extremely difficult for that because it's not that I wasn't a good student when I went to high school and my needs were met I had excellent grades my needs were not met I was not challenged enough as a kid it was you do this my way or it doesn't work. Like I have an abstract pattern of thinking. So when they would give me math problems, I would find my own way to solve them and the answer would be correct. But I wasn't allowed to do it that way, that was wrong. Even though my answer was correct, even though they could follow my math and found out how I got to that conclusion, understand that I understood the base equation and what needed to be done, it didn't matter because my way of getting to it was not their way and therefore it was an automatic fail. No, that shouldn't be how things are. Everyone thinks differently. That should be a thing that's encouraged, you know? And so anyway, we're getting off topic, but that is a way that my authenticity was often challenged. I had to sort of create a false self to be able to navigate in the world. Like in a workplace, for example, I used to work somewhere that had really loud music all day long. I love music. I'm a musician. I go to concerts. I wear earplugs. I I love concerts. I love metal music. I love loud music. Anyway, the issue is that I have a threshold, right? So if I'm really stressed, I can't take in the same amount of sound that I might be able to take in on another day because, again, my senses are intermingled and I might start feeling like I'm vibrating or I might, you know, start feeling pain in my body or a lot of sensations that are actually really difficult to explain because I know that other people don't go through them and I lack the ability to explain what that might feel like. For me, it feels like, everything is too much and it feels like I can't be in my own skin. It's the most uncomfortable skin crawling. I want to rip my soul out of my body feeling and I can't function and it's just everything becomes painful and so I would work at this place and there would be a a customer talking to me and music playing at the same time it was very loud and then there's the noise in the hallway And I would just struggle and I would struggle so hard and my work performance would drop because I actually could not pay attention and I wasn't allowed to turn the music off. I expressed that that was a boundary. Head office would not let me turn off the music. Even when I expressed it made me better at my job because they needed to have that for their aesthetic. And so there was no way to turn off the the music in the mall actually isn't that bad. It's more the individual stores. I work in the mall now as well. And because I don't have music directly in my kiosk, I can function a good portion of the time without interference. It does get challenging sometimes if there's multiple conversations around me, but that's okay. So the point that I'm making is sometimes too many things at once can affect me as well. And so that was a barrier to my authenticity because then I had to create this persona that was okay with those things. I had to make it look like I was okay with those things, even though normally I would cry and I wasn't allowed to cry at work. So I would just shove it all in 
all day and I stim to regulate these things, right? I might flap my hands, tap my feet, I might tap my leg behind the cash. And so if a customer was looking right at me and they could see that, I couldn't do those things because that would make them think I was odd or unsettling. And I know these things when really it actually makes me an easier human being <laughs> to be around if I can do those things like tap my pencil, etc. I always try to work within the boundaries of other people, understanding that other people have different sensitivities than I do. So if I'm stimming, I might ask someone, hey, is this cool for you or can I do something else? Like I often use a pop because it's really quiet and that doesn't really impact other people. My partner has ADHD, so the same thing happens with her. Sometimes our stims will affect each other. So we try to do things differently as a communication thing, not as a you can't do that, but as a man, we're both hitting a wall today. Let's go do something together. Let's do the same activity, maybe. And then the noise is kind of all the same noise. So it's not going to mess with us as much. Again, it's really difficult to explain if you're not neurodivergent. But anyway, it made me have to have this whole sense of self. And when I would talk about my disability, this is another reason why I had to have a different sense of self. When I would talk about my disability, I would be called slow. I had a boss outright call me slow. I'm not slow. I have a processing disorder. If I'm not learning quickly enough, it's likely that you're not teaching in a way that I can understand, which I had expressed to this person multiple times. And they still said, I know you're slow, but no. No, I'm not. You're not meeting my needs when I express the boundary that I needed from you. That doesn't make me slow. So this is a barrier to my authenticity where I can't be a human being at my job. I couldn't be a human being growing up at school. I had to be what they thought was acceptable. I couldn't be a human being in my relationships because of all the socially created things. I had this one partner that I was with for quite a few years and this partner was like, okay, well, I'm going to work all day and you're going to do the domestic roles because that wasn't their strong suit. Except even when they didn't work, they made me do the domestic roles. I grew up watching domestic roles and I am very good at domestic roles. I'm good at cooking, good at cleaning, don't mind doing any of that. And so it became expected in my relationship where I couldn't have a personal life because it was my job to carry all of those domestic roles because that's what happens. Now, for some reason, this person had inserted themselves into a gender role that did not fit, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Those things shouldn't exist. It should be 50-50, regardless of what your gender is or what your comfort zone is or what you're good at. I don't care. It should be 50-50, <laughs> right? So that, that didn't happen. And so I wasn't allowed to have a social life because I had to come home from my job to meet these obligations that I did not agree to that stopped me from being my authentic self and I was trained not to say anything to this person because I grew up watching that. I grew up watching somebody who cooked, cleaned, did everything. And that was that. That's just what she did. And no, no, I'm sorry, but the other person is as able-bodied as I am. In fact, more so. So that's not how this works. So anyway, what I'm trying to get at is all these things that we believe culturally, all these things that we're conditioned to believe, get in our fucking way. They actually make us disconnect from other people. It's not that you need to dull yourself down to connect with other people. That is a problem. That is a cultural belief that you have been taught. And again, I'm saying culture, not as in culture that you come from, but culture that you live in, societal, right? Not necessarily like your culture that you grew up in. It's more that everything around you. In a similar manner that somebody would say pop culture, but not in the same manner that somebody would say, hey, I'm indigenous, this is my culture. 
it's like I'm not talking about racial culture, if you understand what I'm trying to say here. Um, I'm talking about societal influences. And so the generation that you were raised in is greatly going to impact this, not just your cultural beliefs or what you were raised with or what your lineage is and your family, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, societal conditioning, I think is the better word that I'm looking for here. So when we talk about societal conditioning, you grow up believing all these things that you watch. And even if it's not said out loud, you still believe it. So somebody may not have outright told me that I was too much, even though they did. I still would have grown up believing it because of little offhanded comments or little, hmm, you know, things people say without realizing that those things are inherently damaging to a child. So, so many of us grow up with these things. And so many of us grow up with it being in family. Like if you're in a marriage, you can't speak out with your partner if you're a woman these kinds of things. Now, this goes both ways. I'm saying societally, this used to be the case between a man and a woman. It's also the case now. I'm an LGBT individual. I definitely have felt this in my relationships on, like with women on women as well that I felt them in heterosexual relationships when I did have those. You know what I mean? It, it isn't just man to woman, but that is generally what most of us grew up seeing because in movies, LGBTQ people were not necessarily represented <laughs> in those days and ages. So societally, you didn't see a lot of that. Now you do. And that's why there's issues within the lesbian community with U-Hauling and that's a whole other thing. But if you're familiar with it, look into it because there's some really interesting dynamics at play there. If you like psychology and educational, if you or someone you know is gay and is a lesbian. So anyway, that's a whole other topic. I don't have ADD. Yes, I do. Anyway, so when we talk about that culturally created self, it creates a divide. I grew up believing that I couldn't be myself. And so I got myself into so much hot water, just trying to be accepted by people who would never accept me. And the thing is, this is the biggest thing. You attract what you believe you effing deserve. Sit with it. If you're attracting stuff that sucks, it's because you think you suck. Don't think you suck. You don't suck. You're around people who do not get you. Those people might not suck either. That doesn't mean that you do. It means that you're not a match and that's okay. You know, it's okay to not be a full match with your friends, et cetera, et cetera, as long as you know that and you don't dull yourself down to accommodate it. It's not you that needs to switch. It's what you believe about yourself when it comes to authenticity. I know now that who I am is the thing that other people love the most about me. I know now that the things that I have repressed, the things that I don't show to other people are the things that they need to see from me the most. I live a life now after learning all of this crap where I do have relationships where I can fully be myself. And when that becomes difficult because of trauma, right? Like I, I see a therapist for these things, but when it becomes difficult due to trauma, I know what I need to say as in, this is difficult for me to talk about. May I talk about this with you? Or let's say when I get really excited, I'm aware that I can be unsettling. I got arm flaps. I jump up and down. I am loud. Like I feel my joy like nobody's effing business. And I know that that can be really unsettling to other people. And so I might warn them <laughs> if they don't know me very well, be like, I'm about to get really excited. Um, FYI, these are the things that I do. If that's not for you, I'm going to go be excited over there. I'm not going to not be excited on your account, but is that okay with you? You know, and I might bring that up like, hey, I, I am this way when I'm very excited. Just so you know, I'm not dying or, you know, like 
having a conniption or something. I am just really stoked about life right now. So be aware that there's going to be large physical movements and I'm going to look like a child because I am that stoked. And, and that's fine. That's who I am. But sometimes I may bridge that with someone new in my life and be like, hey, just so you know, don't be super shocked because what if they are shocked and then my societal conditioning goes, oh, I can't do that around this person. No, that's not true. That person didn't state that. That's my BS. And so I might let someone else know that this is the thing that happens to me. So that way, when it happens, they can go, oh, yeah, you told me about this. I don't give a shit. And then that's fine. Or if it is something that you look, let's say this person has been in relationships where quick movements can be unsettling to them. I may tell them, hey, I'm going to go be really excited in the other room. I don't want to scare you, right? It's not that I have to dull myself down. It's not that I have to not feel my emotions. It's that you exist within your relationships in certain boundaries and boundaries are okay. But they have to accommodate that person and you as well. So if that person is telling me quick movements are a boundary... I'm going to go and do them where they can't see that, et cetera, et cetera, and be like, okay, I'm regulated now. Now I can talk to you about it. And that's good. And, you know, that doesn't impact that other person negatively, but it also doesn't teach me that I need to shut myself down for the comfort of other people. There are boundaries that you can exist within. Like, let's say if somebody's noise sensitive and I am hopping up and down and I'm like revving because I'm so excited and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that person is going to have a boundary to sound. So I'm going to ask them before I, you know, get super reactive and be like, hey, this cool right now? Do you want my noise canceling headphones? I'm gonna plop them on your head. And <laughs> I do have some friends that I do that with where they're like, I really want to be here for your joy, but my ears hurt today. I'm like, here you go. And they're like, yeah, now I can be joyful with you. And it's the best feeling ever. You know, you don't need to dull your shine for other people and they shouldn't have to dull it for you either. There is other parts of authenticity that are, you know, different than this as well that I wanted to touch on. And that's being uncomfortable with other people. So some of us, and you know, probably all of us, let's be honest here, experience jealousy and uncomfortable emotions when someone else is succeeding. For some reason, when we think somebody else is succeeding, it means that we aren't. Bullshit. Bullshit. If you are feeling that, it's because you're not happy with yourself. And so you can't truly engage in somebody else's happiness. And that's when you need to look at that and sit with that and ask yourself why you feel that way about yourself. Somebody else's success should not impact you negatively because there's, there's a bigger problem there. There's a problem where you're dulling yourself down because of somebody else's opportunity. You're attacking yourself. You're making yourself feel uncomfortable. You're hurting your own feelings because this other person is exceeding. And that, for some reason, means that you aren't. When really their success has nothing to do with you. It may have to do that, you know, they're just really good at this one thing and the way that they go about it works. And anyway, it doesn't need to be explained. It's you that needs to sit with that discomfort. And that can cause a lack of authenticity. That can cause you to do all sorts of things like hide your work, not show that to anyone, um, not celebrate your friends' successes. It can cause a lot of problems in your own friendships. Isolate yourself from your friends because you feel like you're not doing well enough and you don't want to share that with them because you feel like a failure. Like All of these things cause disconnection. And what we're looking at when we talk about authenticity is connection and disconnection. When you are engaging in those beliefs, those core values, because these all relate you are actively disconnecting yourself. You don't need to disconnect yourself. You would connect yourself more if you said to that friend, man, I'm having an ego moment right now. 
and I really want to celebrate with you, but I'm struggling in myself. Do you mind if I take five while I just sit in these feelings, you know, write this stuff down, sit with it, see what's here, figure out why this is happening. It's not that I don't want to celebrate with you. It's that there's something in me that is not doing good right now. And I need to sit with that and figure out what that is. It's not you. I am genuinely happy for you on some level, but there is this other level that is not. And I need to figure out why, because it's more about me and less about you. And I need to sit with that so I can truly listen to what you're saying. So I can truly be here for when you speak to me. And sometimes it looks like that, where if you say that, I'm sure that that person succeeding has felt what you feel. You don't go through success without feeling these feelings at some point while you're growing. You don't run a business without having to literally watch all the businesses around you. It's marketing. You have to watch that. You, you have to. You, there's no way around it. And so it can bring up a lot of these feelings. And those feelings are difficult. But they don't need to disconnect you. No feeling that you have needs to disconnect you. It's like if you're afraid of speaking out, if you're afraid of talking about yourself, like if you're afraid of, you know, like, for example, I'm an overweight person. I'm a plus size person. And so it can be really hard for me to do videos. I'm obviously more comfortable, you know, speaking on a podcast. Why? Oh, societal culture, like what we were talking about. Fat phobia. I have internalized fat phobia. I am internalizing this shit against myself. Why? There's no reason why. There's nothing wrong with being a plus-sized individual, and I know that at a surface level. But on a deeper level, my worth is attached to my weight due to what I have believed societally. And this is something that I work really hard on, and I'm actively working at challenging, right? Because these beliefs will hold you back so much if you let them. You know, let's look at how this belief might impact my entire career. Let's say if I have a message and a lot of people would resonate with it, but I don't even go on the platforms where those people are because I can't handle video. Well, then I've disengaged a whole series of potential people. It's not about money. It's about connection. Those people that connect with me are not going to be looking at my face and going, oh, you've got a couple extra pounds around there. No, they're going to hear what I'm saying at a soul level. This is a meat suit. It is a meat suit. It is not me. It is not you. It is not who we are. It's simply the vessel that allows us to be here. And sorry, my vessel looks different than your vessel, so now I'm less of a human being? No, that's internalized. That's from me growing up watching people in my family being like, oh, this doesn't fit me. I'm too fat, etc. Or watching all of my friends be like, oh, I can't do this because, you know, I'm too fat. Or, or friends who would lovingly tell me I needed to dress differently because... I looked a certain way, et cetera, et cetera, quote unquote, lovingly. It's internalized fat phobia. That's what that is towards myself. I've heard it from so many other people that now I'm disrespecting myself and that's not cool. But what I'm trying to get at is there's so many things like this. There are so many things that we all deal with that are like this and they all have different names, but they're disconnecting you. And if you truly want to connect, then you have to face that. You have to step into that. You have to authentically step into yourself. And that means authentically wearing whatever the hell you want. At least that's what it means for me. Authentically wearing something that I know will make quote unquote other people uncomfortable. But I can't control what my body looks like beyond eating well and exercising. This is just what my body looks like. This is what my metabolism does. I'm not going to go around living my life thinking that I'm less than because of that. 
fuck that. That would make me inauthentic. That would make me in my career show up emotionally, but not physically. That would make me limit myself to being able to help clients going through what I'm going through. No, that's sisterhood, man. And maybe it's not sisterhood if we're talking about other genders, but that's community, right? You need people who have gone through what you have gone through to truly be able to understand and hold space for you. So if I want to hold space for other people, I need to hold space for myself and so do you. And so authenticity can take so many different facets. The biggest thing that I find gets in people's way when it comes to authenticity is fear. And let me tell you this. Let's use the example of tarot readers. There is a huge surge in tarot readers right now, um, especially in like Gen Z, right? And um, like younger generations as well. Um, There's a huge surge in people spiritually. And tarot cards for a lot of people are the first point of contact with the spiritual with the spiritual tool. And so there are so many people doing that. But the point is, you do not want to be like other people. If you see a reader you really fucking admire, it's because they figured that shit out in themselves. They figured out what their thing is and they do it well and they do it with confidence and they do it with love. And so if your reading doesn't look like that, does that mean that you're bad? No, it's the same with art. I see this a lot with artists and like, yes, I'm an artist. So, you know, personal perspective here, but I know so many artists personally that I look at their work and I'm like, whoa, I wish I could do that. And they look at my work and they're like, well, I wish I could be like you. So now I'm not going to put my shit out. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) No, art is in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The message beneath your work is in the ears, the eyes, the senses of the person receiving that work. So you cannot quantify how important or how heavy hitting that material is. That is not your job. When you create something, you birth it into the world for others to experience it. And so if you allow yourself to take away what you truly have birthed, you're disconnecting all of the potential people that could find a home in it. You do not understand your work when you create it. You do not understand its value because you are looking at it through that societal view of what art should be or what a good artist is. This applies to so many different facets of our life. And it's not fair. You have to step away from those beliefs. You have to step away from what you think and stop limiting yourself because it's you who limits yourself the most deeply and when you are truly being authentic you show up regardless of whether other people will love it or hate it that is what you need to hear if you're listening to this is that it doesn't matter if somebody loves you or if somebody hates you that's none of your effing concern your concern is you your concern is loving you your concern is showing up for you We need to live a life that is us-centric, not other people-centric. And I know that that might be, well, loving myself is selfish. No, it ain't. The reason why, and I know you guys have heard this a thousand times, is you can't be there for anyone unless you're there for yourself. You will be giving them a false sense of security, a false sense of support. You're supporting them within parameters. You're supporting them within these ideas of what support should truly be. Sometimes I have to tell my friends really hard things. I hope they do the same fucking thing for me. I, I, that's why I love my friends. I know they'll look at me and be like, Kayla, you suck right now. And I'll be like, thank you. <laughs> Please tell me how I can do better, right? Please show me what I'm blind to. 
That is authentic friendship. When you can show up to your friend and be like, listen, I'm sucking hard right now and I don't know why I need help. And they'll be like, okay, here's what I have. And that's okay. There's no, "Mm, I can't say this because she's going to be mad at me or et cetera, et cetera. There is sometimes this might be difficult for you to hear. Are you ready for that? There is sometimes, I know this is a sensitive topic for you. So please, if you need me to stop, please let me know. If you need to take this in segments, let me know. If you need a break, let me know. I'm good with whatever you need. And suddenly you're allowed to be yourself with the people in your life. Truly. And you know what? Sometimes it's not even the people in our life. Sometimes it's us. I know there's a lot of times where I have super supportive people in my life, a good chunk of them now. And it'll be hard for me to say certain things. And I have to tell them, listen, I need to get out of my own way for a second. Just give me a minute before I speak. I need to get out of my own way because something, something tells me that I shouldn't be telling you this. And that's me. Sometimes the something is us. I've learned to identify that by feelings. If there is something I'm struggling to say, I feel it in my stomach and I feel it in my throat. And it feels like this constricting, compressing, oppressive vibe. And I struggle with my words and I start to stutter. And I sometimes cry when I'm trying to say this and all of that. I feel, I get frustrated with myself because I think it undermines what I'm saying. And I've learned to step back from that reaction and go, you know what, it's okay if you cry. It's okay if you're frustrated. These are feelings. No one expects you to talk about your feelings by taking your feelings out of the equation. Oh, let me talk about my feelings, but I can't cry. I can't get mad. I can't, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, that's not how it works. You're talking to somebody about your feelings. You're going to have feelings that should come with the territory. Like, normalize having feelings, because this is another part that gets in our way when it comes to authenticity. If we lived in a world where who we are and where we were at was welcomed, we would be an entirely different society. You're allowed to have feelings. You are allowed to be who you are. If people don't agree with that, whatever. You know, there's so many friends that I have that'll say things and I'll be like, I don't agree with you. Let's talk about it. And that's not a horrible thing. That's a thing where we go, okay, let's talk this through. Let's really feel this through. And I want to learn about your opposing view to me. I want to see if there's somewhere somewhere I need to open my eyes. And also, if you don't take what I have to say, that doesn't make me less of your friend. Are you less of my friend? That means we're human beings with our own opinions. And so being yourself should be normalized on every level. If you show up authentically in your job, suddenly you probably are going to enjoy your job. If you show up authentically in your friendships, your friendships will be able to show up authentically to you too. And suddenly you have a completely different spectrum of how other people experience you and how you experience other people. And the world opens up in a very different way to you. In a way that makes so much more sense. In a way that you can be comfortable. And you know what? Authenticity is fucking uncomfortable. That's one thing you need to remember. If you're uncomfortable, you're doing it right. Because you have to push past those parts of you that are uncomfortable. You have to push past all of those beliefs. And it can be very tiring. And it can be very exhausting. But remember, you're creating space for yourself. So that means you have to undo years of all of this conditioning that you've believed about yourself. And of course, that can be painful and difficult. It's things that you've held on to and believed for so long. But truly, we're here for other people. We're alive for learning, 
And so we are here for other people, but we're also here for ourselves. So why can't the two exist simultaneously? Why can't I be happy and content in myself and also happy and content for you? The truth is we can have both. The truth is I'm a better friend if I have both. I'm a better partner if I have both. I've had to really like step up my boundaries and my relationship because I do need a lot of time alone when I'm working and because I I do such emotional work, right? And so I've really made a point to listen to my partner's needs and state my own and we find time to do quality time together. We find time to recharge our batteries together. We find ways to make the house more manageable for both of us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You do not have to not be authentic in your life because if you are not authentic in your life, you are not creating a life. You're creating a trap. And eventually, you're not going to be able to get out of it if you keep it up. And everything around you will fail because you're not authentic with yourself. How can someone love you if you show them this version of you that doesn't truly exist? Because when you, when somebody's in an argument with you and you say, yeah, that's okay, that's fine. It's not actually okay and it's not actually fine. You're literally setting that person up to fail you. Don't do that to someone. Don't do that to other people. People pleasing other people is manipulation and it's just going to toss them into a trap and you and your relationship's never going to work. Do you want your relationships to work? Then you have to be yourself within them. And if that's difficult, you have to find ways to come out of that shell and slowly pry it open to where you're comfortable at. And if you talk about this to other people, if you're truly open about where you're at, you might teach them too. You're going to teach them how to know you, how to show up. And so when you do this in your relationships, it's actually like you're meeting a person all over again. You're actually holding space for somebody to truly love you because if you are not showing up authentically, you're letting people only love you to a certain capacity and isolating yourself from the rest. Like, hey, love me up to this point, but don't fuck with me after this. And then there's going to be this part of you that is holding all of that this together going... I can't show this to someone because nobody will love it. I can't show this to someone because nobody will love me. That's a sad way to live your life and not needed. And so many of us grow up that way. So many of us live that way until we, you know, live our own lives healthily when we figure all of this out. It's not easy. And so you need to hold a lot of space for yourself when you're figuring that out. So one of the other things I wanted to talk about with authenticity is fear. And this is what I mean by fear. You are afraid of who you are because you're afraid that other people will not love you. But the truth is, if you loved yourself, you wouldn't be afraid if other people love you or not. We talk about self-love um, and we talk about self-love like bubble baths and a long walk um, in the park at night. Like that's what self-love is. Those are acts of self-love maybe. But self-love is loving yourself even when you fuck shit up. Self-love is sitting with yourself going, I made a shit mistake but I I know why I did. And now I know how to do better. So I'm going to love myself for teaching me this lesson so we can do better in the future and holding that opportunity for us. And I'm going to love myself because it's been so hard to figure this out up until this point. I'm going to love myself because someone didn't give me an answer book. Somebody didn't give me a guidebook when I got here and I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to love myself because I'm actually fucking here to make mistakes because we're here to learn. We're not here for all this other stuff. It's just bonus, you know? It's, it's just part of the package, but we are here to learn and grow and develop. And so if you don't make any mistakes, how could you do that? If you don't make any fucking mistakes, 
How could you grow? How could you understand yourself? How could you learn? You have to make those mistakes. And so we hate on ourselves and we isolate ourselves and we show up inauthentically because we're making those mistakes. But the truth is those mistakes are what bring us farther. So self-love is truly accepting all of you, even the shitty parts. And you know what? Those shitty parts likely aren't shitty. It's us that tell ourselves that they are. In those parts, when we talk about shadow work, the reason why Patreon exists in the first place, when we talk about shadow work, we're really looking at ourselves in terms of these parts of me are not worth love, so I've shoved them all away, and these parts of me are. So you hide all these parts of yourself. You can't do that because it's a disservice to yourself. It's a major disservice to yourself. When you actively work at integrating those parts, at working on yourself truly, in doing that that deep work, that inner work, you create a space where you're actually letting those things come back and give you power. There's so much power in your mistakes. If I hadn't made mistakes, I wouldn't have a career, y'all. My career is based off of all of my mistakes. And I love it. My career is based off of all of the things that I had to learn with pain and failure so that I could do this for you. So that I could do this for the people that are listening. So I could do this for people who are going through the same shit that I went through. If I hid those parts of myself, I would be doing such a disservice to all of those people and to me. I would not be letting that healing happen from the people that needed to hear my voice. And I'm not saying this egotistically. I believe that all of us have this kind of voice that we need to share. This isn't just because I'm a mentor. There is something you can learn from every single person you walk into contact with. It doesn't matter whether they're quote unquote spiritually advanced or not. You are a human. They are a human. You are equal. Get over it. If that bothers you, you have some work to do, right? But your voice uniquely that's yours. Nobody else has your experiences fully. Nobody has your emotional set, your skill set, your spiritual skill set. Nobody has the vision you have, the creativity you have. Sure, people may be similar, but they're not the same. And so that's why we all have a voice to communicate what it is that we need to put out there, to build connection with other people, to let others build connection to us as well. And so if you hide all of those mistakes, you're shutting yourself down from truly meeting someone, from truly meeting you. You do not know who you are when you shut this shit down. It can take years to figure that out again. And that's part of the process. And that means you're doing something right if you're there. So, you know, get yourself some tea in a journal. It's going to be a long one, but it's going to be the best ride that you can take for yourself. And so anyway, all of this long rambling to tell you, authenticity can be so many things that we do not think. So you see people on like TikTok and Instagram and social media being like, oh yeah, I'm so authentic. Mm -mm. While they may be, authenticity involves the bad parts of yourself and the good parts. It involves honesty. It involves transparency. It involves being okay with all parts of yourself. And so people tend to learn authenticity in shades. Do you know what I mean? They learn it in stages. 
don't mind my dog. <laughs> they learn it in stages where they learn deeper parts of authenticity or the parts that they're okay with showing. And this isn't wrong either. It's just not the whole package. So be aware of that when people are talking about authenticity, that they do struggle with it, that there are parts of themselves that they don't love. And they, be they may be showing you this perfect face on social media, but they're telling you that they're trying to show up authentically because we're all humans and we all have bad parts in our lives as well as good. We all have difficulty. You know, being an influencer too is not an easy job. Your body is put in the spotlight 24-7 and it's completely dehumanizing. And so when people are trying to show up authentically, they may only be safe to do it in stages. They may lose their following if they do something else. And so these people are going through those stages of learning to be okay with themselves and risking that anyway. And so you do see all of these attempts at authenticity online that may not be fully authentic. That's okay too. Hold space for those people too. But that might not be what your ride looks like. And it's important to know that. But we live in a world where people may talk about authenticity, but they don't show you their authenticity. That can be a really mixed message. Like, that's why I try to be so open in what I talk about. I do need to give you guys my own experiences so you know that what I am telling you is truthful. I do need to show those parts of myself to also make you feel safe enough that you can do that too. I want to hold space for that. I want to be a safe space for other people because I did not have that growing up and I know how important it is. And at the level of love that I'm at currently, the level of healing that I'm at currently, I know that that is the best gift that I could give someone else. And it's also the best gift that I could give myself is showing up authentically, is being honest and telling people where my limitations are, even if they don't like it. It's not your job to hold yourself back because somebody else doesn't like it. That, what other people think of you is none of your business. I'm going to keep repeating that till I die. And probably beyond that. Somebody put that on my tombstone, please. Because <laughs> it's like the most true thing that I know. What other people think of you is none of your business. And as long as you make it your business, you're going to be miserable. Be yourself. I know it's difficult. But there's a whole different world out there waiting for you if you decide to show up as who you are. And so anyway, this again, this whole long spiel to tell you if this is hitting a chord with you, there's lots of ways that I can help you. Um, send me a message. There's lots of ways lots of people can help you and I have other resources on authenticity as well. But I do do this on my Patreon, and I explore writing prompts that you guys can do yourselves on your own time. There's also discussion that is open for people, and you can work through these things at your own time, at your own pace. Share them with other people on Patreon, and just really feel a sense of community. There's also a lot of healing implements that I've designed specifically to help work on authenticity, to help you release those blockages, and I do this every month. So if you're feeling like authenticity is something you really do need to work with, stay tuned. If Patreon isn't for you, send me a message. There's loads of ways that I can help and you don't have to go through this alone. Authenticity is rough, but that's what makes it so beautiful. So yeah, if this struck a chord with you, you can find me at patreon.com slash healing. Mm -hmm. And um, also I do another side podcast with astrology. So if you're like, hmm, why do I struggle with authenticity? send us a message you can send me a message through Florifauna Healing too 
and we do readings live on this like on this podcast for you you can stay anonymous if you want i read you astrologically i have two tarot readers on the team that are freaking phenomenal and they'll read you and what we aim to do is hold space for you to give you some tools to make you see what you may have a blind spot to to really be able to show you okay this is what you need to do to hold space for yourself these are the blockages you might be facing this is where you're doing really friggin well and this is where you need to give yourself some damn credit and this may be where you need to kick yourself in the butt so we do that with love and we hold space so if that's something you're struggling with and you want to delve into that further that would be a great opportunity to do that you can always book a reading with me if you want to explore authenticity too you guys know where to find me um if you want to explore any of this you can check out my website www.florafaunahealing.org and i will be back with you guys next month on another topic of deeper inner work i love you guys have a fantastic week